Rick Jensen. On 1150 AM, 101.7 FM, WDEL. So, over the past few years, one of my annoying mantras and mottos is you need to vote better. We talk about uh, these lawmakers who think it's a great idea to take your money and give it to other people because that's what they want to do without giving you a choice to that. Um, So many decisions made during the pandemic that have cost people their businesses as well as kids' education learning, as opposed to giving people the freedom to make their own decisions and then perhaps having the government provide protections for those people who choose to work because there's no one at home with pre-existing conditions, comorbidities, anything like that. But no, he didn't have the choice. And the government printed money, and here we are. We have inflation going through the roof, fears from economists at the Fed about Recession? Other economists who actually served during the Obama administration saying, yep, recession coming. Self-inflicted wounds. To which I say, vote better. Ted Kittle, in my mind, unabashedly, is one of those vote better candidates. He's in the studio right now. Before I even thought he would ever run for office, he's been on the show. Good to see you, my friend. Hey, good to see you. Thank you so much for having me, Rick. You know, you're one of those guys who I think, you know, you should never run for office because you probably did something in high school <laughs> that that was rather offensive. And, uh, and, and the left wing's going to come out and they're going to try to find what that was. So if there's anything you did offensive in high school with which they can uh, barrage uh, with their millions of dollars from the, the big unions, you know, with media uh, marketing campaigns, what might that be? Uh, I think there was an incident with a det- I, I did get a detention, I think, for plucking a grape across the cafeteria. But that was, that was you know. A grape? A grape, you know. Was- did you have a specific target in mind? <laughs> I did, of course. Who was the target? Of course, of course. It was always Brian. You know, you always have to hit Brian. Brian? Yes, you have to hit Brian. There's this so, guy, Brian, huh? Yeah, there's a guy, guy, a guy named Brian, and, you know, but, uh, no, it's, uh, it's, it's good. I... It's funny. Why, why were you tormenting Brian? <laughs> what did Brian do? Well, Brian later became my accountant in real life, so, <laughs> right, so yeah. I think he ended up getting the better yeah. end of the deal. So uh, you didn't do the the the, uh, the milk container grenades? <laughs> no. Remember those those little square milk containers? Right. You yes. get a lunch, and if you open the entire top and then closed it with a paperclip, and then you you heave back like that up uh, in the air way high in the air and it lands on another table and the paperclip is forced off and milk splatters <laughs> everywhere the milk grenade i'm taking really good notes on this is this is this going to be helping me down in dover i, I don't think, think so <laughs> not, not at all in fact it's you can never vote for jensen for office because there is it sounds a, like the milk grenade was probably making its way through uh three times yes i okay. was uh yeah. before i got caught yeah I, yes. I threw three milk grenades so yeah, so kids, you can pluck grapes and end up uh, becoming an attorney in Delaware. That's uh, They don't hold that against you. Now let's get so. to this because sure. it's, it's not uh, – you are the opposite of, of some carpetbagger who says, hey, I can profit from running for office. As a matter of fact, it seems to me that you're going to likely lose some money, some income and revenue doing this. But that's not new to you. The reason – I want you listeners to know the reason Ted's been on the show in the past is because – of good things he's done. And I never thought that you'd be running for office. You you ran for a house in what I called the zombie district. The zombie district. Yes. And we all knew that it was going to be a Democrat winning that because of registrations. Why did you even run uh, for 
that uh, district, the fifth district, right? Uh, well, that was that was uh, Representative District Four. That was for four. the special election. Okay, and that's the that's moved downstate now. But no, there was there was uh, very little chance of winning that one. Uh, my mom, who's down in Seaford. Uh, called me up and she said, wow, you really got beat. And I said, mom, of course. Of Thanks, course. mom. Yes, I know. There's a two-to-one registration disadvantage on that one. Yeah. Um, For and, every Republican uh, who's registered to vote, there are two Democrats registered to vote. So why did you even do that? Well, the reason why is because I think that people need to know that there are alternatives out there. And there's real alternatives, real things. And there's real issues that I wanted to raise with people. Uh, I, I'm focused on schools. I'm a product of Delaware's public school system. I wanted to get the message out that we can do a lot better here. And in you could Delaware. do that by running in a race where you knew you were going to lose, but at least you're going to have a microphone. You had the microphone. At that point, you get the message out. I ran for attorney general back in 2014. Okay. And one of the things that I saw on that was that I was able to get a bully pulpit for the purposes of getting some messages out and some messages that were, you know, that we needed improvement in how we were handling uh, cases in, in the Delaware court system. Uh, we needed a homicide unit in the city of Wilmington. Those things happened. And it was because of the fact that I kept beating on those issues and telling people there needed to be change. Well, you and I talked about this even before you ran for attorney general. Sure. About, you know, you're worried about in the city of Wilmington specifically. We talked about people in neighborhoods where you have these bad actors. Uh, they're arrested for shooting, drugs, beating people up, and then they're right back on the street. And and you yes. uh, and you want to support the people in these communities and these neighborhoods by keeping these most worst actors off the streets. It's amazing when you look at the numbers of of uh, when you focus on who is actually causing the crime. And there are known bad actors that are causing a majority of of the crime. So I look. That's something that's always near and dear to my heart as a lawyer. That's something that I'm I'm. I'm I'm very concerned about. Uh, you know, we don't need to be defunding police. We need to be we need to be giving our first responders every support we have. Um, you know, there's just things that are going through the general assembly, and this was another th- reason why I ran. Uh, there was some bad uh, legislation going through the general assembly. One of them was, hey, let's make all police disciplinary rec- records public. Well, what what good does that do? What are you doing when you're making a police uh, disciplinary record public? You're incentivizing people to not make records regarding police disciplinary action. It's a terrible policy. Yet, nevertheless, this this is getting pushed through as as some sort of innovative way to help. Well, you'll have liberal Democrats say we want transparency. We want to know who the bad cops are. What do you say to that? Well, look, I mean, we want to know who bad cops are, but I want to have a system where if somebody does something, it makes uh, it makes a mistake that they are properly disciplined so that we can, you know, weed them out. I don't need somebody that has the first couple incidents swept under the rug, which is what it's, it's incentivized when you make police records dis, uh, public. Mm-hmm. Public records. It's just not the way to do it. So, you know, we had real concerns about that. We had real concerns about some of the other issues that were popping up, too. Uh, right now, they're, they're trying to put a moratorium on charter schools. 
what in the world's going on with that? Charter schools are some of the best help that some people in our in our uh, public education system have for getting a good education here in the state of Delaware. We have great charter schools serving an at-risk population in the city of Wilmington, for Absolutely. example. Absolutely. And what they're saying is we can have no more of that. Well, we, you know, I, I think I know why that is. It's a matter of power and control. You have these big education unions all around the country, so big that they even raised like a million dollars for a small little old Delaware State Senate race and uh, and it went to Stephanie Hansen, and that's you know how she outraised uh, her Republican uh, competitor because you know, it's the big union all around the country giving all this money. So it's a matter of I think power, control, and authority, isn't it? Well, it is, and the, you look at it. I, I I'm a product of the system. I'm a product of the Delaware public education system. I I started out in kindergarten at Blades Blades yeah. Kindergarten in Blades, Delaware. All the way through the University of Delaware, and and guess what? The system worked for me. It was it, it, because I had parental buy-in. I had parental involvement. My my parents were very involved in the school. Uh, we we were, uh, you know, we had a lot of respect for the teachers that were there, and I had great teachers. Some of the best educators I ever had were at the University of Delaware. Uh, that were just phenomenal. But I ended up getting a Fulbright scholarship out of that, um, which was. An amazing experience. U.S. government sent me over to uh, Germany for a year to study. Uh, after that, I went to University of Minnesota Law School, got a great education there. I'm a public school kid. I believe in the public school system. I think our kids deserve a world-class education. Why shouldn't they have the same benefits that I had? And and to sit there and say, well, we're going to put a moratorium on charter schools. Come on now. What's going on here? What is going on? Well, what's go- I think what's going yeah. on is, is it was what I said before. Yep. Um, and we've seen this over year after year after year after year. But uh, something else I want to get to is, is this. You know, even before you ran for attorney general and all and uh, continuing fresh your professional career, you've done a lot of pro bono work. In fact, that's what brought you to this program year, many years ago is that. And I want you to share with listeners some of the stuff you've done. Sure. Well, you know, it's part of the, you know, obligation of being a lawyer. And I, I, I don't look at it as an obligation that is, is, you know, negative. I think it's, I think it's really a gift that we're given this opportunity to help uh, people that are, that are well, in Well, not everybody does this sort of thing, but you focused on, on folks who were uh, abused by the system, legal system, abused by bureaucracies and such. And, uh, for example, uh, there was an individual whose religious rights were being violated in jail. And I remember that was one of the things that you and I talked about. You, you recognized the fact that this is just wrong and it was a Muslim, uh, yes, fella. Yes. And and then uh... yes. Well, we had a we had a we had a, a, a case involving a, a Muslim gentleman who was uh, in jail. Um, he's serving two life terms. Um, I got assigned to it by one of the federal judges to to handle the case. Uh, we just reached a resolution of the case now, and it was favorably, you know, it's a favorable resolution for him, which basically respects his right to pray. Um, there was, it was amazing. Some of the testimony that we were, that we were coming, you know, was coming through on that case regarding, um, how, uh, the prison guards were told to basically break up, you know, prayer meetings. Um, and if there was a, you know, a, a call for the, uh, time for prayer during when they were in the yard, they weren't allowed to do it. Um, they were sort of chased away and everything. I, I, I looked at that and to me, that was just fundamentally unfair. Um, I, First of all, that's 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 one thing that people know about me. I don't like bullies. I don't like bullies. I like to stand up to bullies. And so 
It meant me getting involved in a case. It meant me traveling down to the prison. I spent a lot of, you know, I spent about, I'd say, oh, I, maybe about four or five years working on this case. Um, but basically you won. You got them the right to pray. We got the right to pray. We um, we also have uh, certain rights that are protected now for um, uh, celebrations as well. Basically, it was just a, it was a, a failure to abide by equal protection. And then there's this guy in Middletown, retired uh, military. He was uh, in the Army. And not only that, <laughs> the thing is, not only that experience, but also he, he did work for Newcastle County. And he knows about codes and restrictions in developments and, and HOAs. So he put up a flagpole that was within specifications. He put a uh, like a, a brass eagle on the thing. And the president of the HOA where he lives didn't like it, went after him, and they were going to sue him, and it cost thousands of dollars. You heard about this case, didn't charge the guy a thing, and were successful in... Uh, and him being able to fly the flag with a perfectly legal and legitimate flagpole height and everything. Well, the, the the crazy part about that case was that there was a Delaware statute that was directly on point that said that he had the right to fly that flag. There's a federal statute that actually said that he had the right to fly that flag. Um, unfortunately, the law is expensive. If you want to defend your rights, you know, it can be pretty doggone tough to do it by yourself. Um, but, uh, I, I jumped in, um, I got, a, I got a call, I got a tip off on this. Um, he reached out to me. Um, I ended up taking the case on and, uh, we ended up getting an incredible settlement on that one. Um, that flag is going to stay there forever. I, I think, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll move the Iwo Jima Memorial before so, they move that flag. So if he were to have paid you to do this, what do you think you, the charges would be? I mean, for time, we and... build, we build $150,000 in time on that. Yeah. And we ate that because I did not. No, you can't, charge you, you, you can't, you can't, yeah. you know, it was a, the case was about the principle on that, but unfortunately, you know, people can run up a very big bill in, in, in the law system. If, if you just tuned in, it's Ted Kittela. He's running for state Senate in the 4th. The 4th District. Senate District uh, against uh, Laura Sturgeon, who's the incumbent. That's right. Now, we've gone through that, but why else are you running? What do you want to do? We uh, I, I shared some of Laura's sponsored bills last hour. Um, but what, what do you want to do? Well... I do want people to visit my website. Yeah, okay. Can I do that? Is sure. That, is that That's okay? fine. Go so ahead. it's Ted, the number four, Delaware.com, Ted4Delaware.com, and you're going to see my positions on there. And the big three on that are, you know, our children deserving a world-class education. What can we do about the education system? We spend more per pupil in the state of Delaware than most states do, yet we're consistently falling behind. So I, I, I do want transparency and accountability I also want to be attracting the best teachers by uh, by upping the pay to bring in the, the best teachers that we can. Um, we need to be. Does, saying, that, does that include more pay for existing teachers in Delaware? That does. It okay. Does because I what I want to see happen is I want to see I want to see us bringing in the best. Um, look, it's, it's it's very easy to uh, to to, to th- throw money at a problem and, and and not do anything about it. So I do want accountability. Well, we do have great that. teachers in Delaware. We really do. And you're an example of that. Uh, what what else would you like? We've to do? got we've got neighbors deserving a strong community. Let's take a look at what we've got going on right now. You you talked about it. The inflation is ridiculous. Why can't we suspend the gas tax here in Delaware, just for a period of time? 
Now, I understand it's tied to the bond bills. It's tied to a, a lot of bonds and that sort of thing. You As think- a lawyer, no, there is a way that we can do this. There is a way that we can do this. We can take the money. We have a billion-dollar surplus. We can take the money that would come off of the gas tax. We can put it into, and to use the expression, a lockbox. You yeah. can put it into a yeah. lockbox. And use money from the $800 million, nearly a billion dollars in, in, uh, in slush fund that we have now, and use that to offset that. Absolutely. Well, here's the thing. If there's 600,000 taxpayers in Delaware, and we have $800 million dollars in, uh, in in surplus money, uh, Democrats want to give everybody a three hundred dollar check. I'm thinking, no, wait, do the math. You know, eight hundred million dollars, six hundred thousand taxpayers. That's one thousand three hundred and thirty three dollars and thirty three cents for each tax paying Delawarean. What are you doing the extra thousand dollars? Uh, I did not realize that math would be part of this. Uh, <laughs> this well, this. I can only do that because I already worked that out a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Yeah, yeah when, when they said they have 300 bucks, I'm thinking, wait a second, you're getting ripped off. Okay, so uh, you can give people a, a break on uh, the gas tax. You just have to be creative, and Ted, you're creative. What's the third thing you want to do? Well, I believe that our citizens deserve real change here in Delaware, and that means I, I do want to work across the aisle. You know, we we've got to have a a two party system here. We don't need one party rule. That's That's what we have. And that's what we've had for a long time here. And uh, I've heard stories of of things going on in the General Assembly where even, you know, people that that do have smart policies. You know, one of my good friends, Mike Smith, put put out some some very smart policies. and, And yet, you know, the idea was we vote against it because that's Mike Smith's. Addition to right, it. yes, yes, and so we have things that happen along those lines. I, I, well, there's there's a bill, for example, that Republican Mike Ramone has been pushing, pushing, pushing. Uh, he wants to give people back their their tax dollars in a couple of different ways, and and one of the bills is uh, is actually quite popular with Democrats. So all of a sudden, it's a Democrat's bill, and Mike Ramone is a co-sponsor of it. Republican. That's the game that Democrats play. What you're saying is you think the Republicans and, and Democrats should have equal voices. In the state of Delaware. Well, we, we have to. We have to. Because if you look at it, it there's people that are on both sides of, of the aisle in the state. When I went door to door running for special for the, a special election, it was mm-hmm. amazing. People wanted to talk. They wanted to have their voices heard. I, people were reaching out to me already. Um, you know, this this police this police issue, this police bill, that mm-hmm. was something that somebody reached out to me on. So, yes, we need to be having real discussion and real debate in the General Assembly. Um, and that's something I can offer. I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm want to take my constituents on as my clients, so to speak. Gotcha. To represent them. All right, he'll be knocking on your door if you're in the fourth senatorial district. If uh, Laura Sturgeon is currently your state senator, Ted for Delaware, T E D four number four Delaware. That's absolutely it. All right, Ted Kittle. Good to Thank have you. Thank you in. so much, Rick. Good to see you. Good to see you too, Randy. Great to see you as well, sir. Okay, is there anybody we're sad to see? <laughs> is there anybody with you? <laughs> we'll be back after this. There's more Rick Jensen coming up on 1150 AM, 1017 FM, WDEL.